Good morning, everyone. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, my name is Eric Imhoff. Uh, if you guys don't know me, I'm the worship pastor here at Church of the Holy Spirit. Um, you might know me from here. You pro- more likely know me from the background of Instagram videos of my kids that my wife takes. This is my family right here. Uh, that's my wife, Mary Wynn, and then our oldest son, Camp, our youngest son, Roe, and then that's Mary Mack, and then sweet Winnie uh, being held by me. She is the cutest. Um, so I'm really glad to be with you guys this morning. We're uh, in the middle of the sermon series called The Why Behind the What. And simply, we are talking about why we do some of the things that we do at Church of the Holy Spirit. Um, so fill out that form. There's a questionnaire. Don't do it now. You don't need to be on your phone right now. I have all the scriptures that we're going to talk about today. By the way, they're going to show up on the screens. So you're welcome to follow along in the, the Pew Bible, or you can follow along on the screen uh, in front of you. But just leave the screen in your pocket in your pocket. Um, so to get us warmed up this morning, we're going to play a game. Now I'm warning you, the first service was pretty good. So you guys, there's a bar, there's a high bar that the first service set. Uh, I'm going to sing a song, and when I stop singing that song, you're going to finish the line. Okay, and just to keep you accountable, you know, we have these cameras that normally live stream uh, during the first service. Well, you've seen the BAP cam. We can put people, we can put the cameras up on the screen. And I've told uh, the team in the back that if they see someone who's not singing, they're going to zoom in as far as they can on your face. Like they're going to look for a booger on your face. That's how unflattering it will be. And they will put you up there for all the world to see. So... I would sing if I were you. Um, We're going to start off with an easy one, okay? Take a deep breath. When I stop singing, I'll be like, I'll point and you keep singing. Hey Jude, don't make it bad. Take a sad song and make it. Remember to let her into your heart. Then you can start to make it. Well done. Nicely done. Nicely done. Okay, we're going to step it up a little bit here. Oh, I want to dance with somebody. I want to feel the heat with somebody. Oh, I want to dance with somebody. With somebody. Yeah, now we're talking. Now we're cooking. Okay, okay. If we didn't have anywhere to be, I would just keep going and we would do this all morning. Uh, That would be super fun. But... Uh, one more. And uh, this one, if you're a bad singer, it's okay because uh, you don't have to sing this line. Finish the line. <clears throat> Quick to the point, to the point, no faking. Cooking MCs like a pound of bacon. <laughs> there it is. Landon didn't say it. Landon, didn't, how dare you? And look at the booger on his face. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Like a pound of bacon. Uh, if you don't know that artist, it is, of course, Robert Van Winkle. Um, Vanilla Ice. You, you might know him as Vanilla Ice in his, uh, his song, Ice Ice Baby. So uh, right now, give yourselves a hand. You did it. I'm really proud of you. I knew you could do it. So the question that we're asking this morning, um, go ahead and put that next slide up there. The question is, why sing? And we're going to look through this question and look through the scriptures uh, and what God says and what it means for our life. So to begin, uh, why sing? Go to the next slide. God sings. So in Zephaniah chapter 3, God the Father says this about uh, his people, about our redeemed Israel. 
The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. So God the Father sings. What about God the Son? So last week, we were talking about communion, and we were talking about Jesus with the disciples in the upper room, breaking bread. This is my body. This is my blood. But what did they do before they left this place? So go ahead to that next slide. Go ahead to that next one. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So in Zephaniah, you see God, the Father, saying that he sings over his people, rejoices, exults over his people. And then here in Matthew, you see Jesus and the disciples singing him on the night that he would be betrayed. I don't know what hymn they were singing. I would imagine that there was probably a quietness in Jesus' heart. There was probably, I mean, we know about the Mount of Olives. We know about Jesus, Lord if it's your will, take this cup from me, you know, sweating blood. We know that that was a, a very, very hard time for Jesus, obviously. And I would imagine that you kind of have a cool contrast there. God the Father singing and rejoicing and Jesus and his disciples singing a hymn, maybe a little more somber. Uh, now you might be wondering about the third part of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. This one was a little harder for me, but I think, I think I found it. So in Ephesians chapter 5, Paul is talking to us about the Spirit-filled life. And this is how he describes it. Be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So go ahead to that next slide. So why do we sing? We sing in part because, number one, God sings, God the Father. God the Son sings. And the Holy Spirit sings. The, the Spirit-filled life, one of the, one of the outpourings of the Spirit-filled life is singing. But, wait, there's more. God also tells us to sing, okay? Did you know that 400 times in the Scriptures, uh, singing is referenced? Of the 400 times that singing is referenced, 50 of those are direct instruction to us to sing. One of my favorite refrains that we sing here at Church of the Holy Spirit, you've heard it a million times if you've been here, it, it goes like this. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you only. I love to think about just the first few pages of the Bible. God making everything that is and then making us, breathing his breath of life into us. Thinking about that song, it's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. You see, God sings. God also invites us into this thing that he does and asks us to worship him and offer this praise up to him in this specific way. Now, I've been talking for about six, six and a half minutes. We could end right there, and maybe we should. Um, go to a Mother's Day brunch, but I have the microphone and I'm going to keep talking. So we could hang it right there. God sings. He tells us to sing. He invites us into that. Um, but we're going to keep going. Singing is also good for you. So in our, in our reading... Uh, that we had in our reading that we had this morning, sing to the Lord a new song, sing to the Lord all the earth, sing to the Lord, bless his name. 
tell of his salvation from day to day. And then in Colossians, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart. Singing, amazing, you can jump down to where it's that same slide except it said God sings, God tells us to sing, and then it should say, it is good for us. It is good for us to sing. There are a few ways that I think it's good for us to sing. Um, Number one is that it brings unity to the body of Christ. Paul in Galatians puts it this way. Go ahead to that next slide. He's talking about unity among believers. Now, he's not talking specifically about singing, but he is talking about these dividing lines that people build up between each other. Well, you're this and I'm that. You're this, I'm that. We need these lines between us. And Paul says this. There's neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And what Paul is saying there is you might be a Jew, you might be a Greek, you might be a slave, you might be free, but more than anything, you are one in Christ Jesus. That those little identifiers are not your identity. When we sing, we are expressing unity in the body of Christ. We're coming together. We're all singing in unison. We're lifting up praises, praises that are rooted in the scriptures. So we're expressing unity in the body. We're also reinforcing unity in the body. We're building it up. We're practicing it. We're rehearsing it. We're doing it with one another. Together we are reinforcing this unity in the body, even though we're a collection of different people. But... We are also sharing that unity with the world around us. A world that might not, I know this sounds crazy, might not know Jesus. Or a world that might know Christians more for what you uh, are against than for what we are for. And when we proclaim the goodness of God, like we were singing this morning, singing that song, I love it, goodness of God. When we're proclaiming God's goodness, that's what we're telling the world. He is good. He is good. Worship him. His mercy endures forever and ever and ever. Now, uh, that might sound to some of you kind of crazy. Might sound kind of foreign. Like, I've never experienced something like that. That unison, unity, kind of all in on the same thing. Like, that, that's something I've never, you know, maybe been a part of. Here's my question to you. Have you ever been to a Virginia Tech football game? You hear the music, right? You hear it. You're in the stadium. You, your best friend, your best friend's best friend. You're wearing the team colors, right? You see the team. 30,000 people on this side of the stadium are chanting, let's go. And then the 30,000 people over here on the opposite side yell, hokies. And that goes on back and forth. Enter Sandman comes on and you're jumping and the stadium is moving beneath your feet. You feel that pounding in your chest. Your best buddy right here, you guys are like, you're hanging out, you're jumping. It's so much fun. But across the way, there's a total stranger and you're connected with that person too. You're all doing the same thing. You're all here with the team colors, waving the team flag, holding the team banner, celebrating all this together. You can turn that off. Now we could just keep doing that over and over, right? Like, it's so much fun. You know this. You might not have experienced it or participated in it 
um, as a follower of Christ, but you know this. You might root for a different team, unfortunately, but you know this. You do this. We do this. You know, one of the um, important realities of this, well, let me, let me say it this way. Have you ever been to the science museum when you were a kid and they had one of these weird things that you put your hand on and your hair sticks up? It's like a static machine. Do you have a picture? Do we have a, yeah, like this. Do you know what I'm talking about? They had one in Roanoke. Am I crazy? This is a thing. Okay, if, uh, it seems like some people haven't done this. If you put your hand on it, your hair stands up. If you leave the static electricity machine thingy and go poke your sister with your finger, she gets shocked. But if you stay there and you stay connected to that machine, that static electricity, that energy is flowing through you. And if your best friend comes and puts their hand on your shoulder, what happens to their hair? Their hair goes up too. You have now become a conduit, okay? Energy is flowing through you. When we come together as believers and we express our unity in the gospel, in Jesus, through song, when we lift up our praise, the Holy Spirit is moving through you and it might be moving through you to someone else. Tim puts it this way. He often says that the gospel found you on its way to someone else. And that's not to say that you're not important, but it is to say that you are meant to be a conduit of the gospel. And not just a conduit of the gospel, a good one. One with which the gospel can flow with ease. And that would be my encouragement to you in terms of how singing is good for us, for the unity of the body, that number one, it expresses our unity. Number two, it reinforces our unity. Number three, it shares this unity with a world around us that doesn't know the Lord. Be a good conduit for the gospel. But it's not just that. Uh, it also teaches us God's word. So uh, this morning, it's funny, I didn't realize this until this morning, right when I got here. Um, Amaza, can you go back just a couple slides to Psalm 96? Go to the second slide of it where it starts with declare his glory. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. Do you know what song we sing that says, for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised? It's kind of new. Anybody got it? It's okay if you don't. Who said it? Give me a hand. Oh, that's my wife. That's cheating. <laughs> lame, lame. Thank you, though. Thank you. It would have been so embarrassing if she hadn't said that. No, it is. It's forever Yahweh. I love that song. And this morning, I just realized, like, oh, my goodness, that's the, the particular scriptural basis for it. Psalm 136. I'll give you a wild guess what that's based on. Psalm 136. Go read it after church. You have been learning the scriptures through these songs. It is good for us to learn the scripture through these songs because how fast, when we played that game, how fast did you remember the lyrics of those songs, Right? I don't know about you, but I, I don't listen to Ice Ice Baby often. You might have been listening to that in the car ride on the way to church. And if that was you, you should repent. <laughs> um, but like, I'm probably like you in that like, I, like these songs come up that I haven't listened to in years or maybe even decades. And immediately I hear them, hear the melody, and boom, there are the words. You see, we were made by God to ingest, to digest, to receive this melody and to just soak it in. You were created to sing. 
God gave us this gift, even if you're not a musical person, to be able to hear and internalize melody and words. And we should and must use that as a means to learn God's word. You know, one of the other ways that uh, singing is good for us is that it connects our heart to Jesus. It connects us with God in a way that can be intimate, that can be unique, that can be emotional. Amazing, you can go um, to a blank slide. Almost 10 years ago, uh, when Mary Wynn and I first got married, we got pregnant unexpectedly very quickly. I won't go into that whole story. But um, we, we were pregnant, and our first child, Eva Grace, we ended up, she ended up dying. And in the aftermath of her death, I remember singing a song that I've sung a million times. The song is How Deep the Father's Love for Us. And there's a verse of that song that goes, how deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure, that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. And then it goes on to say, how great the pain of searing loss. The father turns his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory. That line, how great the pain of searing loss, the father turns his face away. As wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory. That's, that line, that, uh, it just hits different now. Because I feel that pain, that searing pain, that pain that just burns into you and you don't know if it'll ever leave. But not without hope. Because the, the song continues on. It's not just how great the pain of searing loss end. There's hope in that hymn. Not only is there hope in that hymn for salvation for you and for me and for all of us, but there's also hope in it in that we know that we worship a God who understands what we're going through. We know that it wasn't just that this event happened, but we know that it was painful for Jesus. It was painful for the Lord. And we can find comfort in that knowing that we have a God that understands us. Whether you are sinking, whether you are soaring, God wants to connect with you. And one of the ways he wants to do so is through the singing of his people. Now, that might sound like a lot. And that might be a little overwhelming uh, for some of you. I would encourage you in this. If you are in Christ if you have accepted Jesus, you've given your life to him, you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you may not have a voice, but you have got a song. If you are in Jesus, you might not have some wonderful magic. I mean, Bernadette, for goodness sake. Like, every time I listen to Bernadette, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, well, I should just quit. But we shouldn't. Like, if you are in Christ, you might not have a voice, but you have got a song. We cannot bottle that up. We should not bottle that up. We're, not, we're called to not bottle that up. So I'd love with, uh, with the few minutes kind of that I have remaining, I'd love to talk to a few different uh, groups of people in the room. Now, I'm not going to call anybody out individually here, but I think in a, in a group this size, um, there are a few different people. Number one um, are my always singers. If you're an always singer, great. Thank you. Thank you for singing. Keep singing. 
Um, I love to hear your voices. The second group, um, I would call my never singers, okay? And I have something to tell you. And the thing I'm going to tell you is very serious, and it's going to be hard to hear. But I don't like to tell people hard things that are serious that are going to be hard to hear. So instead of doing that, I am going to show you. Um, so let's go ahead and, and play that. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Awesome. I hope you got the message loud and clear, my never singers. <clears throat> Doesn't so I'm sorry if you haven't seen Elf. It's been out for 20 years ish. So sorry, spoiling it all for you. Um, here's the here's the the weird thing. Like, so Walter Hobbs is the dad there, right? Walter's the guy wearing the Santa, the red Santa suit. How silly does Walter look? in that moment, right? Like he's like looking around like, what are these crazy people doing? Like he looks goofy. He looks silly. He doesn't just look silly because he's wearing the Santa suit. He also looks silly because he's not singing, right? But it's not just that he looks silly with the suit. He looks silly because he's not singing. He also looks silly because just before this particular series of events that I just showed you happened. Before that, you know who Walter was with? Santa. 
Walter was in the park with Santa. Walter saw Santa. Like he was face to face with him. He saw him and he knew. And yet, he kept his mouth quiet. To my never singers, here's here's what I would say to you. Do you know the Lord? Do you know him? Have you seen him? Have you experienced his goodness? Do you have Jesus in your heart? Have you given your life to him? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? If you are, don't be like Walter. Join in the unity of the body and lift your voice in praise. Now, I know that that might be um, different. It might not be very appealing to you. But I would guess that wine wasn't very appealing to you the first time that you had it. I would guess that the first day you set foot in your job, in your office, that you weren't very good at it. You had a lot to learn, a lot to grow. Or that the first time you went into the gym, you probably didn't pick up a 60-pound dumbbell and just start repping them out. You started somewhere. That somewhere was small. And then through consistent faith, through consistent faithfulness and steps, you grow. And my urging to you, my encouragement to you would be pick a small specific place to start. Maybe it is singing with this body of Christ in this place on a Sunday and be faithful to it. And you might see that you might start to experience the unity of the body, experience God's word in your life and experience a change in your heart. Um, there's another group of people here, my, I call them the only singers. I would guess you actually probably aren't here. Um, but if you ha- know an only singer, maybe you can tell them. I've known people in my life who would say, well, I just experienced Jesus the most through worship music. Um, so I, I just only sing. I don't really read my Bible or go to have a community or a church. And my encouragement to you would be that these words that we sing are beautiful and they're awesome, but they were never meant to replace God's word. These words that we sing point to the truth of Jesus, but they will never be Jesus. They will never redeem you. They will never save you. They are meant to draw you to the one who can redeem you, who can save you. So my only singers, I would encourage you to come into this body as well. Join this body of believers. And finally, for all of us, I would hope that you could leave today and ask yourself honestly this question. What do you worship? You see, all of us worship something. I don't know what it is for you. Maybe you worship your job. Maybe you worship security or control. Maybe you worship your kids or your spouse. Everyone worships something. My encouragement to you this morning is to worship Jesus. Because all of those other things, and even those things that are good in that list I just listed off, are not Jesus. They can't save you. They can't be the ultimate thing in your life. And it's not fair or right to put those things as the ultimate thing. Only the Lord, only Jesus is worthy of our praise. Only the Holy Spirit can save us. So my encouragement is that you put your faith in him, even if it means that we care more about uh, 
God's word and about singing and about the unity of the body, then maybe, like, I think that God cares less that we show up in our Sunday best to check a box for the week and cares more that he's got your heart. Um, As we were talking, it made me think of this verse, and, and I'll close here. Jesus saying, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Who has your heart this morning? What do you worship this morning? I would love for you to worship Jesus. So we're going to take a moment uh, to just have a time of prayer. Um, If you want to receive prayer, there's going to be some folks here up at the front who would love to pray with you. These curved rails are open for prayer. If you want to just come and spend some time with the Lord. But maybe we have some business to do with God. Maybe we have something to confess or something to lift up in praise or ask for prayer for. And I would encourage you, don't miss the opportunity to meet Jesus here. I'm going to pray for us and then we'll, we'll move on. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for this group of people. Thank you for our church. God, we thank you that you are worthy of praise. God, we thank you that your mercy endures forever. We thank you that we'll be singing your praises forever and ever and ever and ever, and that we can start joining in that choir now. God, we love you, and we lift up your name. Amen.